G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Multitudes have testified to God's power of deliverance from every kind of bondage and addiction. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is given to the believer, and that power is able to save to the uttermost. However, when Jesus sets a person free, that person has a responsibility to stand in that freedom and not become enslaved again. Now this includes the responsibility to do all in one's power to avoid an environment in which they will be confronted with temptation in the area that once enslaved them. For example, an alcoholic is free to have a glass of beer if he wants to, but is it wise? The Bible says all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. A gambler that has been addicted to going to the casino would be wise to go to the casino and place himself under a self-ban from the casino. Somebody that's been addicted to pornography would be wise to cut off their internet account if it needs to be in order for them to stand in the freedom of that which Christ has set them free. Sometimes being a disciple of Jesus calls for ruthless action. Jesus said, if your right hand offends you, cut it off. Obviously, he wasn't talking literally, but there are sometimes drastic steps that we need to take in order to maintain our freedom in Christ. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. This week, we're looking at the subject of addictive behaviour. It's an important point that Ken just raised. It's one thing to know that God's power is able to save us from the uttermost, but it's another thing altogether to use wisdom and discretion in areas where we're vulnerable. And I guess maybe people thinking, Ken, I'm not addicted to anything, but there are things that we're all susceptible to, isn't it? Yeah, and, you know, we've been talking about that freedom that Christ brings from sin, but that's not a freedom from temptation. Mm. Uh, As long as we're in this world and in the flesh, we will know temptation, especially in those areas where we've been vulnerable in the past. I heard a story of a monk once that uh, went to an an X-rated uh, movie, you know, and sitting there in the movie watching this X-rated movie, and uh, and says to the devil, "Why, why are you tempting me? I'm a monk, you know. Why are you tempting me? <laughs> why are you here?" Yeah, exactly. Well, that was his reply. He said, "What are you doing in my territory? You know, why did you walk in here?" It you know stands the reason. And um, Peter said uh, something very powerful in his epistle about this very principle. He said, "If after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they again become entangled in them and overcome, hmm. then the latter end." is worse for them than the beginning. He goes on to talk about you know a dog returning to his vomit and uh, a pig going back to the mud in which uh, it's been cleansed. And, and, and that's a picture of someone that Christ has set free from sin and its addictive power, but they've had the foolishness to go back into those areas and get enslaved again because they should have distanced themselves from those areas, you know. Yeah. I mean, Paul talked about us not receiving the grace of God in vain in, in one of his epistles. Maybe that's mm. what he was talking about, do you think? Yeah, definitely. Grace, it's a, it's a wonderful, it's a powerful thing. I, I've spent a lot of time, particularly over the last couple of years, just trying to get my head around God's grace and how it applies to my life. You know, it is God working in our lives, really. It's not something that we should abuse by flirting with temptation. 
And as we look at this whole subject of addiction, I'm sure that you know, knowing the truth has a major part to play in someone becoming free. Is that right? Yeah, uh, I agree with that, Phil. I mean, um, in fact, one of the things that I found helpful in understanding the dynamics of addiction is what some people call the BAR principle, B-A-R. So the BAR principle is based on belief, action, and result. Okay, so I have a belief. uh, It leads me to an action, Mm -hmm. and it ends with a result. Um, That's a BAR. Now, each time I repeat the process, I erect another BAR in my life. Now, Phil, what do we call uh, a room that's full of bars, <laughs> a prison, right? I thought you say a bar room. <laughs> a bar room, of course you would, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, th- th- that's the way it works. We, we repeat actions and uh, um, certain behavioural lifestyle things, practices, I should say, and before we realise it, we're in a prison. Now, in order to change the process, we've got to start with changing our beliefs. For example, someone that has anorexia, okay, they might have the belief that their identity is actually based on the approval that they get from other people. Mm. That's their belief. So now I'm not saying that that's the cause of every case of anorexia, but I'm just saying this particular person might have that basic belief that, okay, uh, that's where my worth comes from, people approving me, and my approval is based upon my appearance. And so they get consumed with what their body shape is like, you know, and and that's what's going to then lead to actions, and it will end, of course, with results. Or take someone that's got a, a sex addiction, addiction. Okay, they've got a belief, well, God made me with these needs and these needs need to be fulfilled. Now, that's a belief, but it's, it's, a, it's a wrong belief. It's a partially correct belief. But, you know, God has created us sexually and with, with needs, but those needs are meant to be met within the confines of mar- a marriage relationship, mm-hmm. you know. So people keep repeating their actions because their beliefs are set. Mm. And and uh, that's the thing that needs to be addressed. Mm. It sounds like that's a real fundamental thing to understanding the cycle of addiction and also how to then break out of that. If that's the case, then as I mentioned earlier, it's the truth that sets us free. It was the words of Jesus after all. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Is that how you see it? Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Um, you see, the problem is that we repeat cycles because we change what we do instead of changing what we believe. Yeah. Uh, let me give an illustration illustration of that. Let's say uh, somebody's brought up in a home where, um, you know, it's a very poor home. Uh, they didn't have much financially, always struggled. And this person has many sad memories of their upbringing. And they sort of associated the two. They said, okay, um, I had a very unhappy upbringing because we didn't have much money. That's not going to be how it is in my home. I'm going to make sure we have plenty of money. So, you know, this person gets married, has a family, and then he works two jobs and uh, his wife's working. And over the process of time, they realize, hey, you know, we're not seeing each other. I don't get to see my kids often. This is not the quality of life that I really wanted. Now, instead of changing what he believes, he changes his actions. So he says, there's got to be another way to get money. So he stopped working two jobs and he gets caught up in one of these get rich quick schemes, you know, one of these scams. And so he gets his fingers burnt there. It's a very painful experience, but he still holds on to this belief that at the root of my happiness is get more money. So he ends up going to the casino, you know, tries to gamble his way into prosperity so that he can bring bags of money home and, uh, you know, his family can have whatever he wants or whatever they want. So basically what he's doing all the time is changing what he's doing instead of changing what he should be believing. It's so common. We do that all the time. Where we, I think we want to just take the shortcut. We see the actions, but we don't see the underlying cause. And you're so right. We need to change our beliefs. Yeah. Now, you take that thing then about um, you know his belief that 
that money is the key to happiness. Mm. Now, of course, we know that that's not the case, but let's just look at a couple of verses from Timothy. Okay, let's see what Paul said to Timothy about this. Paul says that there is a doctrine that was going around then, and of course it's going around now, which says that godliness is a means of gain. Uh, In other words, your Christian life is a means to get rich. And he says, from such people turn away. He says, that's not where, um, you know, godliness leads to. Mm. In fact, he says, godliness with contentment is great gain. Mm. No, that's any money in there anywhere. No. In fact, he's saying, hey, look, you know, um, if you lead a godly life and you're content with the, the good things in life, and with that, you know, the fact of your relationship with God and so on, there's great gain in that. Mm. Now, this guy, he was thinking that um, in our little illustration, if I can get lots of more money, there's great gain in that. You know, that's where quality of life is at. But he was losing his quality of life because he had a wrong belief. Now, Paul goes on to say in this passage, um, he kind of really, you know, just shoots right through that whole premise of this guy. He says, um, uh, the love of money is the root of all evil. You know, this guy thought money is the root of all happiness. Mm. (laughs) But Paul says, actually, the love of money is the root of all evil, every kind of evil. And uh, he goes on to warn in this passage. He says, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty and not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. See, that's the whole thing about money is that people end up putting their trust in it and it lets them down. And so Paul was saying, hey, that's not where to put your trust in. So getting back to our illustration, this guy... Uh, had some very, very wrong beliefs, and that was actually what was um, uh, feeding his actions, which became addictive behavior, ending in the results. So the way to address the problem is at the core belief area. As you said, you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We hope this discussion on addictive behaviour has been helpful for you today and we'll have more tomorrow. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book This Is The Life, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.